Well, good afternoon again. Boy, you can sure tell it's summer, can't you? All those folks camping in different places and in different hostels and hotels around the country. Somehow, I think REC is boosting the tourism of a number of different places around the world. But uh, it's good to see you here today. Welcome again. If you don't know me, my name is Ian, and I am one of the leaders here at the church. And it's my privilege today to open God's word for us. Um, there is a man called uh, Rankin Wimborne who wrote that what was once seen as the deadliest of sins, pride, is now embraced and cherished as essential to human flourishing. Embrace yourself. Express yourself. Promote yourself. And he goes on to record that every year, thousands of college students fill in a survey, but they're not told what the survey actually is. The survey is actually something called the Narcissistic Personality Inventory, which basically tries to figure out how much you think about yourself. And by looking at the changes, they've been doing this now for for many, many years, by looking at how that has changed over time, what they've noticed is that in the 1950s, about 10% of teenagers agreed with the statement, I am an important person. Even by the 1980s, that figure was 80% of teens who agreed with the statement, I am an important person. Who knows what it is at this point. Well, uh, that gives us a clue, perhaps, as to how we're thinking about pride, how we think about pride in ourselves. And we're looking at that today as we continue our series called Foolproof. You can see it on the screen there. Uh, This is a series where we're looking in the book of Proverbs, looking at what uh, Luke a couple of weeks ago defined for us as the ability to skillfully and successfully live even when the rules don't apply. And that is how he defined wisdom. I'll say that again, the ability to skillfully and successfully live even when the rules don't apply. And so we're thinking about pride, as we said, and uh, what we mean by pride, what we mean by humility. Uh, We're going to think about four sections today. If you're taking notes, I would encourage you to take notes. It does help you to perhaps think about what's been been said at this time. Uh, We're going to think about perhaps definitions of pride and humility, how we can can think about them. Uh, We're going to think about... uh, what we can learn from Proverbs about pride. Let me put these up for you. And you've got them. What we, what we can learn about pride from Proverbs. Uh, how does it show up in our own lives? And how can we fight pride and increase humility? So what do we, what do we mean by pride and humility? What can we learn about pride from Proverbs? How does it show up in our lives and how can we fight pride and increase our humility? So first of all, what do we mean by pride and humility? Were those students right? Is that, is that something you can identify with when you say, uh, I am an important person? One writer says that uh, pride is what makes your heart need to feel better than other people 
in some way. That we have to see ourselves as being better in some way than other people. Uh, And against that, another writer says, humility is an honest evaluation of ourselves, And that that is a characteristic that God loves. I suppose then you could get a, a definition of pride as the opposite of that. Pride is a dishonest evaluation of ourselves and is a characteristic that God hates. We'll think about that in a moment. Uh, I had the privilege earlier this year of um, going through a book by a guy called Jerry Bridges about humility. And uh, we did that with Jai, and that was a great little study. And he based that on Matthew chapter 5. So let's just turn there for a moment in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5. If you've got the Red Church Bibles, that is uh, page 968. Just while you're turning there, this is something called the Beatitudes, something the Christians call Beatitudes, some sayings of Jesus uh, early on in his ministry. So uh, page 968, Matthew chapter 5. And Jerry Bridges was saying that these sayings of Jesus were actually a good way of thinking about humility. And we'll try and just tease that out very briefly as we go through them. So verse 3, some of you, some of you may have been here last year when we did these as the summer series, actually. Um, so verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Bridges was saying we can only admit how spiritually poor we are if we are humble. If we are humble, we can only actually understand what poor in spirit means. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. True mourning over our self-interest and pride and our brokenness before God again requires humility if we're going to do that. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Jesus is saying that the humble will ultimately be rewarded by God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The humble trust Jesus to save them and desire more and more of what he's got to offer. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The humble are merciful to others as they know. A bit like the the tax collector in that passage that that Helen read out a moment ago. Because they know how bad their state is before God, how broken they are. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. The humble are concerned only with the glory of God and not with exalting themselves and with with their own glory. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. We're going to see shortly how pride brings arguments and strife. That humility is required, but truly making peace with each other. Finally, verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The humble are promised an inheritance in heaven. So there's just some ways we might think about pride and uh, humility. So what can we learn then about pride and humility, I suppose, from the, from the book of Proverbs? Now, we're going to be jumping around a bit here in the Bible. Uh, 
couple of times, maybe I'll get you to turn to those passages. Sometimes I'll just read them to you because otherwise you'll be back and forth, back and forth. If you're fast, you might get there in time, but you might not. Don't worry. Um, I'll read them for you. Uh, again, if you want to just make a note of them, look them up later. Um, the first thing I think we can learn is that is that when we read a lot of these passages in Proverbs, we see how pride and humility are put together as kind of a one a couplet together. Uh, pride often being strongly linked with sin and rebellion. Humility being linked with uh, the, the peacemaking and the joy of God and uh, being right with God. Uh, so let's look at a few of them. As I was saying, uh, there, can, there is a bit of repetition because you get that in Proverbs, you know, the same, the same thing, different ways. So we'll try and avoid some of that. Um, but please don't lose the emphasis just because we're cutting out some of the repetition. Uh, so, some of the passages look at the nature of pride, or the nature of humility. So, for example, Proverbs 26, verse 12. This is what it says there. Proverbs 26, 12. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. Now, bearing in mind, throughout the book of Proverbs, you'll remember from when Luke's been preaching... Uh, a lot, often the book is saying, look, here, here is uh, someone who is wise, here is someone who is foolish, and compares the two. You'll remember that from the previous four talks. Uh, here, the writer is saying, if you're pride, there's even less hope for you than if you're a fool. So you've got the, you've got the wise, you've got the fool, and then underneath you've got the proud in their own eyes. There is no hope for them. It says, "This is not this is not good news." The, the, the nature of pride is that is that it is so deep rooted. The person is actually without hope; they just don't realize it yet. Proverbs thirteen ten it says, "Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice." Have you ever been with someone who likes a good argument? I mean, just really likes a good argument. There's a, there's a couple, uh, myself and Denise know, and they literally argue all the time. And it's often pointless. I've actually seen it where we're just sitting talking and having a bit of a conversation. And because there hadn't been an argument for five minutes, I saw the, actually, I saw the guy actually think to himself, oh, we're not arguing. And actually just said something then really controversial just to get the argument going. I, I could not. I could not live like that. I got to say, but people who are proud like arguing. Now we're not talking about differences of, of opinion or discussions on a topic. That's all healthy stuff. We're talking about pointless arguments, vindictive put downs. Uh, yes, even to racism and sexism. Yes, verbal abuse. Just arguing. Because you want to be right. And you've got to be right every time. It's got to be done your way or it can't be done. Pride is the root cause of all of these things. And they are one of the things, if you want to think about pride, that you can look out for. Compare that against what we just read from Matthew 5 a minute ago. 
what humility is like. Instead of being wise in, in our own eyes, someone who is humble mourns over their own sin. Instead of strife, they are peacemakers. Well, as well as Proverbs talking about the, the nature of pride and humility, it also tells us about the results of pride and humility. Uh, in summary, pride, pride causes sin and destruction, but humility brings re- wisdom and reward. So, uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. This is what it says there. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Pride leads to foolishness, as we, as we were just talking about a moment ago, which here it says leads to disgrace. Disgrace before others, disgrace before God. On the other hand, humility, what does humility lead to? It leads to wisdom. That thing that the whole book of Proverbs is encouraging us towards. Uh, that kind of idea is repeated in Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goes before destruction. First pride, then destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. You, again, can you see some of the, the mirror there with, with Matthew chapter 5? You can see some of the, some of the things it's picking up there. The idea of uh, the humble are perhaps being persecuted, but that's okay because they are humble and they understand why that's happening. The meek, in fact. And pride just leads to destruction. It leads to destruction because it creates a barrier between us and God. The end result can only ever be negative. It is never good. And you want to know something that scares me? Well, okay. Okay, things like heights and snakes, they scare me, okay? That's just kind of a given, you know, okay, you know, not good with heights, don't get me too high, snakes, nasty. Not talking about that stuff. Something really scares me is that, is that someone, and as someone who, I've got to tell you, I do struggle with pride. Pride is one of the things that really, really has been a feature in my life. The thing that really scares me is that God actively opposes people who are proud. He doesn't like us, and he actively takes actions against us. Did you know that? Let's turn to one of those passages I'm going to ask you to look to. Turn to Proverbs chapter, chapter 6. Uh, that you'll find that on page 640 in the Church Bibles, I believe. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 17. Page 640. We're going to see here why God thinks about this, about pride. Verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates and seven that are detestable to him. Uh, now, that, that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's kind of a, a literature thing. It's kind of saying, look, there's an emphasis here. What, look for what happens next. Pay attention to what happens next. It doesn't mean there are actually six things God hates. Um, it's actually saying as well, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just to give you an idea. So, what are they? Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed 
innocent blood. Haughty eyes is another way. You ever seen someone walking out looking down your nose at people? It's called, I've got, I've got haughty eyes. I've got haughty eyes. I'm looking down my nose at you. Haughty eyes. I have to do it sometimes, but that's because my glasses are rubbish, not because I'm looking down my nose at you. Um, uh, and, and so, yeah, he says, what does God, look at those words, what does God hate? What are detestable to him? Pride, lies, and murder. And as well as detesting those of us who are proud, he takes an active role. Proverbs 15.25, listen to this one. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he sets the widow's boundary stones in place. It's not that he just hates people who are proud. He actively takes action against them. Now that is scary. That is something to be very, very worried about. And that worries me. I've got to tell you. So we, 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 we got a little bit there about the nature of pride and the results of pride. The Bible's got also something to tell us about the causes of pride. The root of humility. Proverbs 15.33, just after the, the last passage there. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom and humility comes before honour. The fear, the fear of the Lord, that's an unusual phrase. You've maybe heard us talk about that before. Uh, the fear of the Lord, you can see it throughout the Bible. It doesn't mean fear as in my fear of heights and snakes. And I could give you a longer list, actually, but let's leave it heights and snakes. Um, it means, so it doesn't mean fear of God in that way. It means reverence for the creator of the universe. It means acknowledging the sovereign Lord of the universe. It means worship for the mighty God of all. It means praising the name above all names. That is the fear of the Lord. That what teaches wisdom and humility. Jesus gave us a story. Helen read it for us moments ago. This word picture, this what he called a parable. Uh, in the book of Luke, we've got a Pharisee who's a religious leader, and he thinks he's better than everyone else. And he's looking down on all the other people who, are, who do wrong and who are sinners because of what he thinks his status is. And then you've got the tax collector who understands exactly what his status is, exactly what all of our status is before God. And Jesus said that God humbles the proud and he's going to exalt the humble. So he humbles the proud and exalts the humble. Nothing else. So we see there some of the things Proverbs has said about pride and about humility. Hopefully you're getting a picture now of what it is. Hopefully you get a picture now of what it can do in our lives. Well, that's all well and good, but, but Proverbs is a, is a very practical book. So let's get a bit more practical. Let's think about how it shows up in my life, how it might show up in, in your life. Uh, and it can show up in a whole lot of ways. It can show up in a whole host of ways. Um, now, having said that, I also don't want you to be paranoid about it and think, oh, was that pride? Was that, oh, was that, was that being, me being pride? Or is the fact that I'm thinking about me being pride, is that being pride? You know, I don't need to be 
too paranoid about thinking about this, what I'm just trying to illustrate for you is that it can turn up in a whole set of ways, and some of those ways might be a little bit surprising. Uh, some of you, some of you are in the work environment, but whether you are in work or whether you are perhaps a customer, you'll often find, I think, pride uh, showing up in the workplace. You get a sense that someone is, yeah, looking down on you. They have haughty eyes. Look what I've done. I mean, I am the most brilliant person at this job. You know, I am an expert. Uh, I am an absolute genius. You know, don't you understand that I know the rules? Yeah, I know the rules and how this all works. No, listen, no, just put that down. Let me do it. You know, I I can do it now. Yeah, I've got it. Just, just put it on side. I'll I'll do it for you. Don't worry. Uh, I think it's an environment that kind of encourages it a lot, to be honest with you, because in the workplace, many people are looking for status. They're looking for perhaps uh, more money. They're looking for promotions, and so. Yeah, people then want to boast about their achievements. If they're being nasty about it, maybe undermine their competitors, perhaps very subtly, using pride. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I, I know, you know, yeah, I know, I know you're quite new at this. Yeah, but I'm the expert. So, yeah. You, have you encountered that? You may have encountered that. I think it's fair to say that we can be emotionally proud. Particularly guys sometimes, I'm tough. I don't know. When you look at me, you know, I'm not going to be saying this that much, but you know, I'm tough. I'm hard. Yeah. No, you know, I don't need your sympathy. I don't need your advice. I'm okay. I'm, I'm like a rock. Look at them. Look at them. They're, they're not like a rock. Come on, pull, pull yourself together. Come on. And those people are just as fragile and just as broken as the rest of us, but they're too proud to admit it. No, no, I, I, I never have prayer requests because I'm totally covered. I'm okay, don't worry. I'm okay. Man. Uh, I've recently finished some exams, as some of you know. Some of us are currently pursuing uh, academic qualifications, or some of us are about to go to university, perhaps some of us have recently got qualifications, perhaps you have a number of qualifications. Let's be honest, that takes hard work and intelligence to get that. But it becomes easy to take an unwarranted pride in this, for it to become central to our identity, and so we get perhaps an academic pride, a pride in our qualifications, our intelligence, uh, and that can become very central to our identity. Perhaps, this is an interesting one, perhaps like the Pharisees in the parable, we might be subject to spiritual pride. We might be saying to ourselves, I know all about church, I've been in church all of my life, I know what it's all about, oh, you don't have to tell me. Um, oh yes, I, I've got an understanding with God. Me and God are like that. We've got an understanding. I, I'm okay. Uh, perhaps looking down on those who are not saved, or that you believe are not saved. Perhaps looking down on people who are new in church. Oh, look at those hypocrites, see what I'm saying. Those people, and they're praying this stuff, and they never do anything about it. 
forgetting that it is only the work of Jesus that has saved us. It's only the work of Jesus that has saved us. Whole churches can suffer from this, looking down on other churches, saying, oh, well, we've got it sorted out much better than you have. I pray, I pray, and I pray before God that REC would never be subject to that particular sin. Because sin it is. And we can become proud over our wealth, perhaps. We, on, 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 on. We can, we can become proud over our family. Oh, I've got a wonderful family. Uh, our ethnicity. I'm very proud to be whatever you think your ethnicity is. Proud over our status. We can even become proud over the wisdom that we have because we think we know the book of Proverbs very well. John Piper said that the heart is an idol factory. And surely it is, but I want to suggest to you that the hard heart is also a pride factory. Get this, there's even reverse pride. Pride in our brokenness, pride in our poverty, pride in being non-academic. I was brought up in the university of life. Um, now, <clears throat> I've got to tell you, For those of you born in Yorkshire, I know that we are particularly prone to this kind of pride. Uh, If you ever do something, if you ever, and all of you who aren't from Yorkshire are now sort of giggling quietly to yourselves, because you know this is true. There is an expression that says, you can always tell a Yorkshireman, but you can't tell a Yorkshireman much. Uh, And if any of you just want an observation of that, just go on YouTube and put in um, something called the Four Yorkshiremen Sketch. I don't know if you've ever come across the Four Yorkshiremen sketch. It's something that's quite sort of Monty Python in its kind of style. But basically, you've got four Yorkshiremen who are now retired and are now very wealthy and are enjoying life. And they sit down together and they start comparing notes about how tough their childhood was. And very quickly, it goes from the slightly silly to the completely stupid examples and then from this completely stupid example to the entirely impossible examples. I used to work 27 hours a day down the pit, that kind of thing. And, and so it just gets worse and worse and worse, this, this false pride. I won't give you the punchline, although I'm very tempted to do so. Go and look it up later. Um, so pride can trop, crop up in all kinds of ways. But at the end of the day, they conform to this pattern we see set out in Proverbs. They come from a lack of wisdom. They come from worshipping ourselves rather than God. All of them, all of them lead to the active opposition of God and ultimately to destruction in one sense or in another. Have you noticed that all the things we've talked about, all the things I've said, on all the ways in which pride crop up in our lives are temporary. They can be taken from us at a moment. Wealth can go in a moment. Our families can be taken from us in a moment, in some kind of tragedy. Uh, Even our intelligence can be taken from us in a moment if we have perhaps some kind of head injury or something like that. That could be gone. When we look at our lives, there is only one thing we can boast in. 
There is only one thing we can properly boast in. Paul, now Paul was an early follower of Jesus, wrote this in the Bible. He wrote this in Galatians chapter 6. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was an accomplished man. He was a scholar. He was a religious leader uh, of the day. Uh, He knew a lot of stuff. He was very well regarded. He was a Roman citizen. He had a certain status in life. But he knew all that. All of that stuff was worthless in comparison to the fact that God had loved him. That God had loved him so much that even when Paul was still denying Jesus, when he was persecuting the church, when he was still living for himself, when he was still sunk in his pride, that God had loved him so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for him. And to pay this debt to God that Paul owed. And so Paul said, I'm only going to boast in Jesus. I am only going to boast in Jesus. I'm not going to boast in myself. I have nothing to talk to you about in comparison to that one fact. So what about you? What about you? Who are you going to boast in? Are you going to boast in yourself? Do you know what Paul knew? That this perfect son of God was sent by God to save you, to save you from pride and rebellion against God, that without his actions, you would be heading for the same kind of destruction he's talking about in Proverbs. Do you know that? Ironically, you might be too proud to accept that. You may find the truths that we're talking about here interesting and even believe that Jesus existed, maybe even believe that he was the Son of God, but not that he died for you, for me, for all the people you can see here. You think, I don't need a saviour. I'm sorted out. I, I, I can look after myself. I can save myself. My wealth is enough to save me. My intelligence is enough to save me. Maybe even my family is enough to save me because I come from a long line of people who went to church. Maybe even that your church will save you. We cannot save you. Only Jesus can save you. The Bible's verdict on your behavior is that it is foolish and that it is based on your pride because it takes humility folks to say save me without conditions without any kind of anything i'll just save me i need you to save me to put our trust in jesus to put our trust in someone who can save us if you have never done that do it today realize that you cannot save yourself And trust in Jesus and follow him. Again in the book of Proverbs. Let's look at Proverbs. We don't need to turn anywhere else. Book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 12. He who trusts in himself is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. Put your trust in Jesus, not in yourself.
Well, we've said we've said that you know Proverbs is very practical. Why don't we just get down uh, finally to a few uh, applications we can look at? How can we fight our pride? How can we increase humility? Uh, so here are some things that you might find helpful. Uh, again, just just as an aside here, when we when we give applications in a sermon, just want to point something out to you. Sometimes they come from the Bible. If directly from the Bible, if they come from a Bible, perhaps they're, they are a command, in which case we should do them without argument, a command from God, do it. Some of them are more of an advice to us. So, for example, Paul, the man we were talking about a moment ago, said in Ephesians, he said, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received, to be completely humble and gentle. Now, that is not a command. That is Paul urging us. That is advice to be humble. Sometimes we'll give you an application that is just common sense. It's not in the Bible. So again, just to be clear about that, that is not the word of God, but hey, it is common sense. So we treat them in slightly different ways. Is that okay? Just as we go through that. Um, so, let's have a look at some of these. Um, Number one, the fear of the Lord, as we saw, is the beginning of wisdom and humility. So number one, the more we know about what God is like, what he has done, the more we know about who he is, the more reverence we will have for him, the more we worship him, the more we love this God who has first loved us, the more humility we will have. So cultivate this fear of the Lord. How do you do that? Read the Bible. Worship him together with other believers in church. Worship him every day of your life. Talk to other Christians about God. Be excited about Jesus and what he has done. That will build up the fear of the Lord in you. That will lead to humility. Number two, don't put yourself forward. Proverbs 25 verse 6 and 7 says this, Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence, do not claim a place among his great men. It is better for him to say to you, come up here, than for him to humiliate you before his nobles. It's the same kind of thing Jesus explained in the parable. That God is going to humble those who are exalting themselves and exalt those who are humble. Uh, without dropping the kids in sparks in it, this is what happens in Sparks every, every week. You ask a question, it's like, oh, me, 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 I don't, me, 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 me. Uh, that isn't what, what we should be like, okay? Um, that doesn't help us build our humility. Obviously, there's some balance there. There are times when you've got to step up and take some responsibility. But it needs to be done, as we said, in terms of our definitions, from an honest self-assessment, not just enthusiasm to be first. I, gotta be, I want to be first. I want to be first to answer the question. Put me forward. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that right now. Don't, don't put yourself forward. So, not a good thing. Number three, like Paul, don't boast in your own achievements. Boast in Jesus, what he's done for you. Boy, this one's for me. Number four, don't ignore pride. And potential areas of pride in your life. Proverbs six fifteen six excuse me. Proverbs sixteen five. The Lord detests all of the proud of heart, 
Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. God is going to deal with pride sooner or later. So go to war against it. Deal with it before God deals with it. Go to war against your pride. Number five, here's a Yorkshire expression, muck in. Uh, For those of you who are not from Yorkshire, that means uh, when there's some work to be done, then take a part in it. Yeah, be part of the team. Um, That's what muck in means. Uh, Humility is not only a state of heart and a state of mind, although it is both the things, it turns up in action. It says that in the book of James. There's an element of the Christian life in which we serve one another. We were commanded to love one another. We're commanded to serve one another. That is a command from Jesus. But also, folks, it's good for our humility. It's good for us to get our heart in the right place, to actually physically get involved and do roll our sleeves up and do some of the work. Jesus, who was the Son of God, he's the King of the universe, he's the Saviour of the world, he's my Lord, and he washed his disciples' feet, which at the time was about the nastiest job you could do. And then having done that, that's in John chapter 13, then having done that, he said to them, now you do the same thing. You wash each other's feet. However big we get, however important we think we are, we are to do the most humble of tasks for each other. That is an act of love, it's commanded by Jesus, and it's going to help us with our humility. Finally, under this section, speak into each other's lives. This, we, we often give out this application. I can't give out this often enough. Uh, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. What that means is that we are to encourage each other, to build each other up, and when necessary, point out to each other areas of our lives that are not too Christ-like. That's what it means when we say iron sharpens iron. It means that we are supposed to uh, make each other, help each other to become more and more like Christ. I can't tell you the number of times Denise has had to pull me up about my pride in different ways, and I thank her for it. Do likewise. Bless each other uh, by very sensitively having conversations about pride and humility. Say, oh, hey, you know, just step back a bit there. You're, You're getting a bit ahead of yourself. Uh, again, the health warning we always give you, give, you can only do that if you know the other person well. That's why we spend so much time with each other, why we try to do social things together, why we have life groups, why we have other things. It's very hard to walk up to a stranger and go, hey, I think you're getting a bit proud at the moment. You will be, they, they are going to get locked up because they have committed GBH and you're going to be in Rotherham Hospital in A&E because they've just broken your jaw. Okay, you can do that when you get to know each other. Okay, so get to know each other. All right, you need to do that. Uh, Having said that, even better, when you do start to get to know someone, give them the permission to speak into your life. Okay, you want 
four or five friends at least in your life who are good enough, who you can say to them, you know, brother, they should be, as an aside, make sure those four or five people are the same sex as you, okay? Because this doesn't work otherwise. So for me, I would be saying to, to someone, brother, you can say anything you want to about my life. I'm not going to take offense. I'm going to listen to you because I think that you're a godly man and you're going to give me good advice and you are going to hold me to account. Okay? You will never regret saying that. Okay? Those will be the friends you will have for all of your life. Okay? Because that, that takes, yeah, yeah, that takes vulnerability and that takes um, being very authentic but I would encourage you to say that. Partly because that takes humility. Well, we should wrap up. Uh, Like so much of what we've seen here in Proverbs, this is not a long list of things that if we try really hard... If I try really hard and I do all these things that we've said, I can become wise. Or, in this case, I can do all these things and I'll be really humble. I can do all these things and I will be foolproof. Because this is a heart issue. The issue is is in our hearts. Pride is we are not understanding our place in the world. We are forgetting the fundamental nature of God we're forgetting that who is holy and he is perfect and we're forgetting the fundamental nature of us, which is sin and rebellion. It's forgetting that God is a loving creator and that he has done something to solve this problem of pride in our heart. And it's not a long list of rules. They're, they're useful, but they all point towards Jesus. They all say, You can't do this on your own. Trust Jesus. Follow Jesus. Last Bible reading. The Bible says, 1 Peter 5, 6, says, Humble yourself, therefore, where under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So, folks, humble yourselves before other people and before God, because God hates pride. And humility brings with it the promise that you will be exalted, certainly in the next life, and maybe even in this life. Let's pray together.